Hello, and welcome to the Slate TV Club Game of Thrones edition. I'm Sam Adams, the senior editor at Slate, and today I am joined by Slate TV critic Willa Paskin. Hi. And Slate podcast producer Daniel Schrader. Hey. Hello. Today we are talking about episode 803, technically titled The Long Night, um, the one that people will call The Battle of Winterfell. Um, so first up, we won. Hooray. Woo. Yay. Uh, Willa. Daniel. We got <laughs> I mean, uh, as Willa rolls her eyes. Are you? Are you are I you, just like it's not a whoop whoop. <laughs> are, you, are you aligned with the Night King? Is this is what we're? No, no, I, no. I actually like this episode. All right. So uh, yeah, was this a, was this a satisfying victory for you guys? Actually, no. Yeah, um, I think this episode is like hugely flawed. But like, I did watch that episode where Arya killed him a couple times. Not that episode, that scene. Oh yeah, that was the best part of the whole uh, episode. It was great, but. I, I was just kind of let down because, like, if this is the end of the Night King, like, we've been leading up to him for so long, and then all of a sudden, never mind. Oh, no, <laughs> no I, I love that. I was, I was, I have to say, I was always expecting this battle to come in episode three. We've talked about this. Miguel Sapochnik, who directed it, is the guy who directs all their battles. So, like, when you looked at the director's list for the six episodes, like, he mm. directs episode three and episode five, so I was like... Three White Walkers, five Cersei. Cersei. Yes. Um, and I like that because I just think it's like the whole show is about actually politics and civil war. So now this weird White Walker thing, despite being emotionally the climax in some ways, is always just like a sideshow to figuring out who's going to run the Seven Kingdoms. Right. I mean, for me, my dream, and I really thought... Um, they weren't going to, you know, follow through on this. So my, my dream was really like kind of they kill the Night King in like the first episode of yeah. of the se- of the eighth season, and then spend like five episodes like bickering over politics because so much of the show has been about you know who gets the Iron Throne, but also just like people's inability to rule, the inability of people to kind of stop squabbling with each other and um, band together against well, a common enemy, and doing it, you know, halfway through the season is you know, as close to that as we're going to yeah. get. I've been finding it all season. It's like, this is such a sort of obviously banal thing to say, but I don't mean it in its most banal way, which is like, you don't know what's going to happen until it happens. But right. there's this way that like everything that has happened thus far could be, end up being super lame in retrospect or very interesting in retrospect. And like, it is, it is extremely hard to tell for me, like where the intelligence of like like right. what Benioff and Weiss are actually doing and if they know what they're doing or if it's all so it's like, are they doing the thing that it sort of seems like where it's just like going towards some like John's gonna end up being king, what like Daniel will probably have to sacrifice herself to him for him to like prove she's got some element of humanity and like it's a relatively happy ending, which sort of boggles my mind and seems like fairly impossible. And when you think about what the show is like supposed to be quote about, or are they like they now set up a situation in which, like, some tattered remnant army is like, we're not going to fight Cersei, like, and the ones that do go and Cersei ends up winning, which actually would be kind of interesting. But, like, it's just every moment of the show, you're like, are you doing something really lame? Are you doing something really interesting? And it's like, it really could be either. It seems to me like, I mean, I'm tr- kind of coming down at this point that I feel like Benioff and Weiss are... You know, there was this idea for a while that they were kind of playing like 4D chess, you know, and now I feel like they are kind of one step smarter than the stupidest thing that they could do. So it's like, oh, God, are we so dumb if like John kills the Night King? So it's like, what if John's <laughs> sister killed the Night King? You know, so it's like slightly more interesting, but it still basically comes down to like one person with a pointy object. Well, well, let's actually talk about the episode. I mean, it did. So the episode's like an, an hour and 20 minutes long and it is like brutal 
for the whole thing, and we can talk about the parts that worked and didn't, but like, you know when like you're watching an hour-long show and like halfway through you're like something epic has happened and it seems like the end and you're like, but there's a half an hour left. Yep. And it was like where you're like, there's only three minutes left, but like this is the third episode of the show, of the season. Like, I don't think the Night King is going to win <laughs> like unless unless something crazy happens. Although I did, re- whatever, I'm in the middle of watching, I read some fan theory that was like, oh, that would be cool about the zombies, which we can get back to in a second. But, but so you, like, you knew something crazy was going to happen and then it did. And like, it was a cool moment, but like, I mean, they found their little... Ex Machina. Right. Well, yeah. And it was also pretty obvious, I feel like, about Arya killing the Night King as soon as Melisandre was like, oh, and Blue Eyes, too. Oh, I didn't, because I was like, oh, she's going to go, like, kill some... I mean, they all have blue eyes. Yeah, no, I know. But I I just felt like that, for me, I was like... No, I actually, I loved that moment. Oh, I'm here for Melisandre. Yeah, exactly. I was into Melisandre's, like weird I mean where has she been I'm not sure like we know understand she went back to Volantis I think was the idea which is to kind and of then take she, herself like, out for a couple of but then of why episodes. was she like I'm just gonna die this time like I'm like she didn't have to she was like I'm giving up it's She's been too long very tired maybe yeah. I did I did think there was like like in that moment like with all her magic stuff I'm reminded that on the one hand like I have I really don't want to know like more about religion in the Seven Kingdoms, mm-hmm. but it's like a perfect example of the stuff that I think for people readers of the book are like very familiar with what all of these different things mean and how like her ability to start fire could coexist in a world that like has other gods. And I'm always just like, what? Like if she can do those things, like well, why, why isn't, isn't ev- she just in charge? Yes. And also yeah. like why isn't everyone like falling in line following the god of light? If like <laughs> oh fire happens and he can bring people back to life. Yeah, like- totally. But that also so. Because the horse god could just, like, kind of bring people back to life as, like, gibbering idiots, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's really not... or, like, a zombie. It's, like, yeah. everyone just... Godalite seems like he's got some things going for him. Yeah. But I also... This is the speaking of things that are in the book I th- that isn't written. So I assume that they're, like, we're actually leaving, like, a huge crumbs. I was trying to think of the metaphor, but, like, in a nice way. Like, the table full of food for George R. R. Martin to actually, like fill in all the dots like all the stuff with brands to me seems like i guess when the book comes out people will have to read it so they actually know what brand's relationship to the night king is because the fact that it isn't explained at all was like it's fine but was it made brand what brand's behavior extremely bizarre not only in this episode but like our attention to brand for literally the last many years Right. Sort and, of ridiculous. And it doesn't seem like they're going to go explain it now that the Night King's dead. Like, that storyline's over. So I don't think the next episode is going to be like, Bran is going to be like, well, actually, you see, the deal with me and the Night King and We're right, the you same know. person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, warging into him. Like, what, what it is, or just, like, I don't know, even having him, like, warg into some crows to, like, try and tell some dragons, like, about where the, I mean, just anything. But he's like, I'm going to, I mean, what was he doing? Right. That is a very good question. He was question. just waiting because he knew what was going to happen and he knew everyone needed to be where they were at that moment so that Arya could stab him, I guess, which is dumb. Yes, yeah, so much of the... I mean, they tried to kind of prayer for Owen Meany, like Arya's arc in this episode, and basically be like, well, everything that has happened, you know, there were two two callbacks to like lines in the first season and Melisandre's prophecy in the third season and the dagger she got from Bran like last season and even her little like drop the knife high and then catch it low was something she like practiced with Brienne in the courtyard last, you know, so they're trying to kind of make it seem retrospectively inevitable and like even... You know, uh, Beric Dondarrion has died like 17 times, but he's kept alive for this one last death. So he, you know, and it, but it just, I think 
that was the idea, but it just doesn't, it did not land. Also, like, it's the stuff like Theon just running into a spear. Like, it's okay. Like, he, it's just a weird moment for Rand to be like, you, you're a good man. And then be like, so now go kill yourself. And then just be like, you could stand next to me for like a couple minutes right. <laughs> while we like wait to see what happens. I, I mean, it does start to be like, if every, if does Theon have to die for like what happens next to happen? Did but he buy extra, like those crucial extra few second. seconds? Also, yeah. I do, where does Arya like catapulting in from? Like, is she in the tree? Like, there's a lot of people. Like, she's she can't fly. There is that one, you see, like, there's one of the the kind of White Walker, you know, general guys, whoever there. There's yeah. a, a shot of him standing, and there's, like, a little brisk, like, a little breath of wind. And you see his, like, sort of, you know, split ends flutter in the breeze. And that's supposed to be, I think, the indication that Arya is using her, like, you know, sort of silent, like, faceless men magic to kind of sneak past them. And then catapult over their heads? Like yes. she... Maybe she was riding one of the dire wolves. <laughs> Maybe. She's been, Maybe. She's been working on her standing jump for um, years, and yeah. Okay, so just direwolves made me think. Like, what did you think of all the dragon stuff? Oof, the dragon stuff was. Um, I mean, the dragon moment that sticks out to me the most is uh, when John is like facing down the dragon, and then it just slaps sticky, like collapses after <laughs> the Night King has been killed. Like that was just. A, I literally laughed out loud well, at that moment. John Snow is. So, I mean, again, just another another episode. What was his he's plan? Just so useless, and it, all he does at the end of the thing is almost get himself killed by a dragon. But well, he's like trying to get there. Right. I didn't mind that. He's like he's trying to do the Arya thing, but he can't. Right. I mean, is this like exactly what I mean about do they know what they're doing or not? Where it's like, so the actual truth is right. They couldn't have had a plan. There is no plan that they could have possibly had that actually would have defeated the White Walkers, except by some weird fluke where they like do get to kill. And that was their plan, like, was to try to kill the main White Walker, for which they actually plan strategically terribly because they actually only have, like, have some real people hanging around. Yeah, let's have, like, Brand. 12 people in the God's Wood and then two people on dragons. And um, and even though they couldn't... And also, like, on dragons, yeah. it's, like, that. it's, like, not... It's too small a space. Like, tactically, dragons don't really help in such a small space. Right. Anyway. And but, hardly like, use the dragons. Like, right. But so, like, they, they couldn't have had a plan, So, but, like, they sort of don't lean into that. Like, just the... And then you realize that as it goes on. It just starts to feel like, are these people supposed to be smart? Or right. Are they supposed to be stupid? They sort of <laughs> did the thing where you do, you're doing like the battle movie or like the heist movie thing where you see them like go through the whole plan in advance so that you know when the plan but starts going wrong. But it wasn't a really what's good supposed plan. To be happening. But they like, they put that scene where they go through the whole battle in the previous episode. So you, it's like also, there, they but you kind of forgot about it. Also, they didn't go through the whole it. battle. Yeah. The whole battle was right. like, we can only hope that the Night King comes for Bran and then we get really lucky. Yes. I mean, the moment when <laughs> when Danny like tried, like blows him up with fire and he's like, that's not going to work. I guess that's like, you're like, oh, <sighs> our plan really didn't work. I loved yeah. that. I mean, the smirk. Right. I mean, also the thing, I'm just uh, along these sort of lines, like things that are smart but stupid is like, so the, the idea with the dragons, right? It's like, you think you basically have like this nuclear option, like you have dragons, right? And then it's just like, oh, haha, like. There's a snowstorm. There's a snowstorm. So your, dra- your dragons don't actually work at all. And that seems like very Game of Thronesy to me, but then it's like, well, then we spend a lot of time with your like not working dragons. Yeah, so a lot of people were talking, you know, tweeting, complaining last night about having difficulty just seeing this episode of being really kind of dark and kind of glitchy on their TV screens. And and a lot of the night photography was like difficult for me to make out. But for me, the real nightmare was the kind of dragon flying sequences, especially the snowstorm stuff. I mean, that was just... Uh, you know, I think there, I mean, there's an intent to kind of make that a little, little confusing, but I mean, I couldn't tell sort of like when the two dragons were fighting each other, like which, you or like know, when all John's three were dragon? in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like Rhaegal, like attacking Viserion or the other way around? Like it was just, it, that stuff was just kind of a nightmare for uh, me. Also, that just really made me think about like 
Star Wars X-Wings and what are the other airplanes called? The, in the, Star the TIE fighters. fighters. Like, it's just like, it actually really helps to distinguish, like, yes. the things that are flying through the air really Yeah, I, remember, I saw you tweet about that last like, night. Like, you need, like, p- like flags on your dragons. Like, I just, it was impossible to, t- or even have, like, if one of them is an ice dragon, like, make him blue. I don't care, but just, like, something where I can know who's winning or, like, what dragon is being hurt. It was just impossible to tell in some of those scenes, especially when John and... When I mean, honestly, I don't know the dragon's name except for Drogon. When the two other dragons were like fighting in a tongue and like a summer tangle, you're just like, I don't, right? Like, I can't tell who is victorious here. You both look like dragons. I mean, there Mm -hmm. there were bits that I'm bits of logistics that I thought were very um, well done. I mean, you mentioned Michelle Miguel Sapochnik directed this, who has done a bunch of the other battle episodes before, and he did a lot of sort of there were a lot of crane shots, a lot of sort of overhead pullbacks. They did like things like having the unsullied have this very like distinctive armor. Um, and the Dothraki have no armor, and then the, you know some of the other troops just having more sort of traditional medieval stuff. I mean, that was very helpful because so many of the shots are very kind of quick and and in silhouette. So that stuff was not you know as as bad as it could have been, I guess. And maybe some of the confusion is just having the lack of plan. But it does really. Um, and I saw people you know, you know commenting on this last night. I mean, it, the lack of plan really comes into focus when you have this opening. Um, sequence where the Dothraki just kind of get fed into this, yeah. you know, meat grinder, and then the Unsullied, um, you know, follow quickly after them. And it's a lot of people were were thinking, myself included, that, that Grey Worm was going to die in this episode because he gave this whole "I've got a week till retirement." What a lovely, you know, place you and me, Miss Andy, are going to. And it's and it's a good thing su- that he and Miss Andy survived because they're basically like the only two people of color left in Westeros. At this and point. also, I mean, it did also have like Grey Worm have a moment where it was like, was he going to sacrifice himself to like light the mm. right? Um, I think the Dothraki like dying scene with all their lights flickering out was so cool and beautiful and eerie and si- like that was such a powerful moment. But I, I mean, I think this is going to get us into actually some of the stuff about death in this episode, which is just that. So there's this moment right where they all die, and then there's these large battle scenes where like you kind of. I mean, I think even if you can't really see what's going on, like you get. They're coming too fast, right? Like, it's like this horde of zombies, like, running into the Unsullied's shields, but there's so many of them, and they're so don't... Like, that they just are going to steamroll them. It's like a mob, right? They're going to just walk all over them. Like, you get these these moments of, like, how terrifying and likely to die everyone is. And then you pop out of these moments to moments with people we actually know, where it starts to be like, suddenly there's much more space, right? Like, right. there's suddenly we're in some totally, like, different-seeming battle that looks a lot more like whatever Lord of the Rings or, like, whatever touchstone you want to talk for, like, magical fantasy. And then they're, like, not dying. And so, on the one hand, you have this, it's like, everybody is dying, except nobody we know. And I... I'm not, like, into shows killing people for no reason. Like, I think that's a stupid trope, and I, just to make yourself seem serious, but I was, like, texting with friends before this episode, like, who was going to die. I'm sure if you, like, there's gambling odds. We definitely all thought, like, way more people were going to die. They gave way more people moments where, like, they could have died, Grey Worm being one of them, like, Sansa and Tyrion, like, being like, we're going to fight to the death in these crypts that have come alive, like, a really, like, meaningful look Even at each other. Sam Tarly. Yeah. yeah, Sam, not, yeah. Sam Tarly had looked. Like, this. honestly, Arya had a couple moments yeah. where you were like, are you, you know, all of these things where you're like, you have given these people, like, poignant, horrible, but real death, and they're like, nope, no, no, no. And, like, Again, it's like, are you saving this so they can die in episode five? Or like, are these people now just untouchable? Right. It's like, not like I want any of these characters to die, but I'm just like, it's fine. It's just not 
what your show is supposed to be? I mean, you can only have so many, vain, you know, vainglorious, like, final moments before they just start to become redundant. But, but you could looking have... at, Yeah, but looking at the list, it's like, there's, like, nobody died in this. It was, it was like, tertiary characters at best. I mean, You're like, first... I'm sorry, like, I like Jorah, but, like, come on. And, like, that was sad about Liana, but also, like, these are minor characters. And, like, it was, like, a nice moment of, like, Danny sobbing over Jorah to be like, this is what anyone's death, like, people love one person this much. Like, this is what it means, but... It's just like, we don't love him that much. Right. So, like, it's not, like, a good stand-in. Yeah, I mean, the closest you had to sort of a really kind of, I wouldn't even put him in the first year, but, like, sort of a second-year death was Theon Greyjoy, who really, I mean, he had nothing left to do. Like, there was nothing. Also, Theon, like, he had nothing left to do. He'd had a really, I mean, his life was not going to be, like, good. I mean, you know. Best thing for him, really. It just starts to feel like red shirts. Like, the idea that you're just like, Mm -hmm. these are the people that are disposable. And I don't. And again, like, I'm, like, really happy Arya's not dead. I was going to be really... I was really bummed if, like, Sansa was going to die in that crypt. Like, she's my girl. But yeah, I also... I mean, it is, like, what are the stakes of this show? And the whole and first is that, half... And the only death we're waiting for, like, Danny or Jon, and everyone else is going to get through this? Or, like, Cersei and... I mean, whatever. I'm assuming the Lannisters are going to have some own, like, com- personal combustion engine when they meet Cersei. But, like, that just makes... It starts to make you feel like the Starks are not touchable. Well, you got, like, Bronn up there with a crossbow, too, the aimed at Oh, Yeah. And, like, I wasn't excited about it, but I was, like, Brienne had just, like, had that whole epic moment in the episode before. And it makes me think, like, okay, so we we get, like, the important—not important, but we get deaths that are kind of impressive and drawn out with, like, Beric and with um, Jorah. And so does that mean that, like, episode five, we're just going to have to sit through, like, 15 extended death moments for, or like, they all just the never people? Gonna I know, kill I know. I think like, they're just not going to kill anyone, which— it's just a weird position the show puts you in. It's a bummer because you spend the whole, like, eight seasons, like, knowing people are going to die and becoming invested in them, knowing that they're probably going to die and just being like, yeah, but that's the show I signed up for. And then to get to the end, it is so narratively unsatisfying because you're like, oh, wait, I was on board to feel the emotions of loss and you're not letting me feel them. All right, let's, I mean, let's talk about sort of the episode sort of splits in in half in a way. You have the, the first half, which is basically kind of the the mass battlefield stuff. And Arya, who ends up being, of course, the key character in the episode, is really kind of not doing a whole lot. She's kind of standing on the battlement. She shoots a few arrows. Well, but no one we know is really doing that much. Right. I mean, scenes. I think the only major death in that whole period is like, is and Major is really pushing it, but like the Dolorous Ed of the Night's yeah. Watch, who only like super fans even know his name yeah. at this point. And I saw a lot of people being like, wait, who? Sad. Yeah, I had to ask. Yes. I, I asked too. But so in the in the second half, you know, the the dead are inside the castle, and it breaks down into some of these smaller, you know, set pieces. You have Arya in the library. Um, you have the the stuff in the crypts with with Sansa and and Tyrion, and it gets a little more um, intimate and quiet. But it also point. like it it does, but it also doesn't make sense. Right. Like it, you start to be like, how is anybody alive? And then like at the last moment where ev- they all drop, you're like, how are any of you still here? Right. Like the, the way it's toggling. But also like there's like Sansa in the library, which is sort of like this Jurassic Park in the you, you mean, kitchen. Uh, Arya in I the mean library. Arya in the library and it starts to be this like Jurassic Park. That was like, one of the, my favorite scenes, honestly. I walked, like, I went to the bathroom during that scene. I was like, I can't. I loved it. it. <laughs> I'm here for that kind of stealth stuff. I, I, I thought it worked. I was just like too stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that, I mean it, and that was really uh, in such contrast to the rest of the episode because that's just a about, you know, one person surviving. And also, like, I think they did a pretty good job with, like, some nice character beats, even in the insanity. Like, all the hound stuff about him being terrified of fire, so him not, and then, like, him getting it together to, like, go rescue Arya. Like, that's sweet. 
And I, <laughs> and, I, and I like that I think the last time, maybe there's a shot at the end where you see he's alive. But before that, the last, I think the last shot of Samuel Tarley is you just see him like kind of just like screaming, like flailing on top of a pile of corpses, which is just like, I mean, that's his survival strategy, I guess. But there, I mean, there was something like genuinely horrifying about yeah. that, like a, a nightmarish. I mean, this was a very... Um, I mean, the show really, you know, leading into the horror aspect. But also, this. but then there's just like other things where it's like, so you have that moment with Sansa and Tyrion where they're like hiding and you're like, you guys are so clever and such pussies and whatever. And yeah. then they like look at each other and they're like, okay, we're like leaders of the realm. <laughs> like we have to, yeah. and, but then they hop off and then you realize like everyone you know who is underground is like also hiding in a cul-de-sac. Like <laughs> the dumbest, it just starts to be like, okay, I'm sorry. Are they like killing everyone in this crypt or is it like Varys, the little girl from before? Like they're all just like, they're all there just hiding out and you're like, okay, so no one even died in the crypt. I mean, I not, again, I don't want like the mommies it's like and they children s- to die. It's, it's like they like- said, if you have a name, come to this corner. Um, <laughs> yes. Everyone else steps to the side. Yeah, take one step forward, not so fast. Yes. Gilly you know? and her baby live? I believe like, someone did some screenshots and figured out. I mean, they were definitely not, I mean, anyone we didn't see die, you know, like, did they didn't die. make a moment of did not die. So yeah, they're fine. <sighs> what a bummer. <laughs> I did, I did think it was interesting that they were setting up like Sansa and Tyrion's like alliance in a weird way i mean what if they end up together at the end well that what i mean they they were like we would it would make sense for us to have a non-romantic yeah she she kind of she kind of felt like Tyrion was making like a little bit of a play there and she's like okay but no just but then i feel your role but then who knows because they made this like this connection i thought that the scenes from were like very jarring because and i assume it will be for the the characters as well where she's like we won the war danny's like we won the war let's go fight the last Whatever's like, we won the battle. Let's go fight the we last won the, battle. We won the great war. Now we fight the last war or something yeah. like that. But you're like, girl, who's going with you? Yes. Who's left? At this There's point? 20 people. And also just they like dragons. everyone who's yeah. actually from Winterfell is going to be dragon. Like, yes. Do they have one or two dragons? Unclear. Like, we're going to stay here. Like, why would you go? You're like, it's cool. Let her come to us. We can just, we don't need it. Yeah, or also if like if you don't want to go to her, if she's the one to come to you, then just like be done. <laughs> like the North gets itself, and the rest yeah. of the Westeros gets itself, and everyone's fine. Like it's only going to be Danny's will to the throne right. that it's going to con- like. Obviously, Cersei's well a we bad. S- but it's like it's like at some point the will to pa- you're just like I don't know. Let's see what happens if we can all just lick our wounds. And it's also like okay, so at the end of the last episode, we get the whole. Uh, John revealing to Danny that he's really Aegon Targaryen, and then like nothing comes up about that this episode, and it's like what what's going on? Like what is the plan here? If like you're still vying for the throne yourself, but also like you know that this guy who's your nephew is also heir to the throne, like I'm still confused by that and don't understand where that's going. They were very busy. They're like, we'll deal with that later. Yeah, they were very busy. Yeah. But I mean, one of one of the big, I mean, HBO was really pushing for this episode well before the season started. You know, they did big features saying, like, yeah. this is the you know the longest battle sequence ever filmed. It's 82 minutes. It's all one sequence. I, you could quarrel with that and say it's actually like a 40-minute battle sequence and then 40 minutes of like little set pieces. But but regardless, I mean, is that a draw for you? Was that impressive? Or are you just like, okay, like pee break time at some point? Like, how did that? It did start you? to feel like washing over you of just like, this is fucked up, but it's not visually interesting enough. And also I did... Like, like the scene where the dragons break through the clouds. Like I actually did think a bunch of those scenes were very beautiful, but then I also did think like we just spent too much time with the dragons being lost. I just also didn't think they were trying hard enough to not be lost. It really yeah. felt like the, the entire point of those scenes was just to like take the dragons out of play because otherwise it, the whole battle, you'd be like, why are they not just burning up all the way? Although I, I did think they ex- showed pretty quickly, like even if the dragons had been burning things up, like 
it wouldn't have been enough. Right. Like it, it wasn't enough. It's like it's like an endless army of the dead. It wasn't sufficient. It would have, I mean, it would have made things easier. But I don't. I mean, that kind of has to be the case because we're now about to go the, these whatever remains of these armies and probably two. I think because we didn't really see the other one die, but at least one dragon are going now going to war against the Golden Company and the Iron Fleet in um, King's Landing. But it's like the show has kind of shown us before that it really doesn't matter how many people you have if you have a dragon. So there has to be some... Well, I mean, you could bring all the people inside. Like, that. Yeah. Like you're right that, like, a dragon is and a bunch of ships. It's like, no, it's silly. It's no match. Like, she'll just burn them all down. But, like, I mean, it's like Cersei's not trying to fight a siege, but, like, what are you going to do if everyone's indoors? Why is the ice dragon's fire break down walls but not, like, regular fire? Did you notice that? Like, when he, like, yeah. and then the winter fell, like... But I don't think that's, like, dragon capability. I, I don't know. We Maybe it's because he froze it with it, his fire. Was it fire? ice fire? <laughs> yeah, that's very like unclear. Like an ice blast. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that, yeah, I don't know that's really, I mean, we would think like dragon fire would be hot enough to melt stone or at least make it, you know, fall over Maybe. or something. Or, I don't know. I think the next episode is going to be all like tactical. Danny wanting to go and Sansa and everyone from Winterfell being like, this isn't our fight. Well, we haven't seen Cersei in two episodes. so there's. Oh, no, gonna it's going to be yeah. a ton. I think we're going to check back in with, but I think she's still there hanging out. She's just waiting for them to figure out, right? Like she's just ha- at her leisure. So we're going to ha- see her being a bee planning stuff. It's really annoying that her plan worked. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to her being like, thank goodness. I have always thought that Cersei like winning the Iron Throne was like the sort of the right fucked up ending for this show where yeah. you're like, She's a terrible person and a tyrant, but, like, also, if there's peace in the land, like, there's worse compromises. Honestly, yeah. She could be my queen. I love her. <laughs> Big fan. But, like, she's a, she's a bad person, but, like, it would be better than more war. You have, like, mandatory wine breaks every day. Yeah, also, she just wants, bad. like, she's, it's fine. It'll just be, like, it'll be very corrupt. Yeah, but as long as you don't fuck with her. What isn't corrupt? Like, yeah. that's yeah. just. But I just, I suspect that there's going to be, like, this is going to be the beginning of, like, it, I think the Santa, Danny, John stuff is going to, like, the rubber hit the road. Uh, next episode of like who goes where right and then there will be some people who go there and, and then actually it's actually cool because i have no idea what's really good like there seems like there's too much time for the material unless they're really ending on the war like on the fight with cersei and then i don't know what happens right i mean one beat that i hope we will see next week and i think we will is you know thing about daenerys is she's basically never lost a battle like this and she sent two full armies into the breach here and almost to a man um, they're dead you know I agree with you that's what it looked like but I also like in the scenes from like she's talking to people like she has armies it's not totally clear to me like maybe they'll be like we've lost most of our men, but we have still have 10,000, whatever. Like, I don't know I mean, I think, what the I numbers are. I think the Dothraki are. are, I mean, based on, again, sort of based on extra textually, what, like Benioff was saying after the episode, like, I think the Dothraki are basically done. Yeah. We're going to have, we'll probably have some some unsullied left. Yeah. But I mean, the, you know, Dothraki were kind of her people first. I mean, she was Khaleesi before she was anything. Yeah. And, and I think that's going to. For no reason. Yeah. And I didn't even really get this from the episode, but theoretically, the plan was that she and John were just going to kind of stay on that cliff and watch the battle and, and protect the the weirwood and it wasn't until um the death rocky got wiped out that danny was like no i can't just like sit here and watch yeah. my people get massacred and then of course 
you know, everything goes wrong because she always <laughs> makes the wrong decisions. But I, so mean, I think that have, is supposed to have affected have her. Got, the truth is it wouldn't have really gone better if she had stood there. Like right. she just would have been able to light the thing. The trench, yeah. But that did happen anyway. Like, it's not like, if she had stood there and watched, like, she would have just, like, not killed a bunch of White Walkers before disappearing. Like, it's, she didn't actually mess it up. It's like she, and then she just, I mean, she just messed it up because then, you know, she ends up in a field. From a tactical standpoint, I thought the trench was kind of dumb because I felt like the White Walkers killing themselves to make the paths to the, like. Was so obvious. So, yeah, it was like anyone, like, that's just tactics 101. I mean, the whole, so the trench was like. It's not going to burn forever. No. Like, this is just, like, giving you guys, like, a breather, and then what happens? It was never going to be enough. They were just hoping that in that time, like... They could figure something out? The Night out. King could go to Bran. It's just, like, it's a little... Also, I mean, it, it did turn out there was nowhere they could go but the crypt, but, like, I wish someone had been like, the crypt is full of dead people, and he can raise the dead, but we'll take that chance. Yes. Yeah, that was the <laughs> least shocking of the entire episode when we see, like, the hand burst forth well, in the crypt. It was like, yeah, of course. Like, this, we knew this was happening from last episode when they said crypt 20 times. Well, it is, like, it is just in a weird place where the f- people who are watching the show are definitely, like, quote, ahead of the show in all of these ways, which I think they must be aware of. But it's like, so how much do you acknowledge or not acknowledge, and they're in really not acknowledging phase, and it's sort of silly. And I am, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't do, because you've seen this beat, I mean, on The Walking Dead alone, like, a gazillion times, let alone in every zombie movie, but I'm glad they didn't do the, like, oh, no, now I have to have to kill the zombie version of this person yeah. that I once loved, also, you know, but but it did, it's like, I thought Lyanna Stark busting out of her tomb in the basement could have been interesting there. Also, why did everyone <laughs> keep saying that Ned, like, Ned was beheaded in King's Landing, like, his body is not interred at Winterfell. No, it is not. I doubt, yeah. yeah Cersei, I didn't understand Cersei did not that get either. sentimental and send it <laughs> like, back and try to like, like... He's rotting, he rotted, they threw him to some carry Would be like, funny if his head were there and his head just woke <laughs> up and he was just like, hey guys. I yeah. think there's even something in the books about how they like, yeah, they put his head in a different place and like boiled his bones or something. Yeah. Like his body was like desecrated. Yeah. He was there, never... There had back. been a fan theory that I mentioned earlier that I read that was like that the Stark zombies would wake up and like fight not for the Night King. They would like fight for the Starks. And actually, that would have been cool. If they're looking for interesting mm-hmm. ways to keep the zombies alive. Yeah, you see Catelyn come back and just grab <laughs> like a sword. Her, their own army of White Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the crypt scenes ended up not being, I guess it was just a way they had to have some characters who couldn't fight but couldn't be totally out of it. There is like this element of good, like Shakespearean tragedy, right, where you're like, it's like what happens in Romeo and Juliet every time you read it or something, where you're like, ugh, like you're one minute away. From, like, not fucking this up. Like, right. you just have to get the message. Like, it's every time it's, like, you relive the closeness of the call that, like, could have made this a comedy. <laughs> and I just think, like, Game of Thrones did not take enough advantage of, like, that feeling. in That sort of dramatic inevitability. Or, like, so, of, I mean, yeah. I guess Theon is that thing where you're just like, wait a minute, Theon, you don't have to die. But, like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, I just think having someone die, like, a minute before... Or, like, five minutes before. Yeah, that, like, tragically futile death. Like, you know? it, yeah. like there's just a little more of that. We're just, like, this is a waste. Like, by having Arya kill him, it, like, undermined, like, the wastefulness right. of the whole thing. But it was a waste, right? Like, I mean, maybe it's what they had to happen per brand for, like her to be able to do that but like why were any of them out of the fortress walls for one second right does, I mean does anything that happened before that matter at all or what it I mean all that matters is that you are it's like you're just fed enough. like yeah. it's just like you're feeding humans to the zombie wood chopper like no just don't just like make them siege you and like 
shoot I, arrows at them forever and ever. Watching this, having seen, so I watched Avengers Endgame yesterday as yeah. well, and like having seen them both at the same day, it felt very, very similar in like a very weird way. It felt like Bran was the same as Doctor Stranger. He was like, <laughs> I can't tell you how it's going to end because if I do, then it won't end the right way. But so like he just has <laughs> to. I know. Exactly. Yeah. And so it just felt like. I don't know, Bran knew what was going on and just didn't, just couldn't let anyone know that they were all going to die because, like, that's just how it has to happen. And that's why I hate Bran so much. I mean, I think a lot of people are having that. I don't don't know if you ended up seeing the Avengers movie, Willow, but a lot of people are, you know, seeing these two things within a few days. Oh, no, but I joyfully read the Wikipedia entry, so I feel like I understand. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I did feel, you know, going into this Game of Thrones episode, I mean, I felt you know, tense and worried in a way that I did not with Endgame, partly because with Endgame, there were certain people like, you knew, you know, certain people's contracts were up. So you knew that either they were going to die or they were going to leave the team, something like they were done one way or the other. And we don't have that knowledge for, for Game of Thrones. But I also felt going into this episode that as much as, you know, I don't really have like that much of a rooting interest at, at this point. Like, I really do care about these characters and I was worried about what was going to happen to them. Like, I really you know, cared. And yet the episode really did not exploit that. And uh, I ended up, despite the fact that I, you know, wasn't that involved in the movie as a whole, feeling much more emotions kind of at the end of Avengers Endgame than I did at the end of Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, this isn't the end of Game of Thrones. That's the thing. Like, I assume they're saving, like, someone will die that we care about a lot. It's just like... They better. I mean, it it just... I I sort of want to write about this, but, like, it just really strikes me as, like, a real Sopranos reversal. That's the most boring comparison in the world. But this whole idea with the Sopranos, right, that, like, David Chase was, like, in a fight with the audience or, like, with the fan, quote, about, like, who loved Tony Soprano. And he was like, that guy's a schmuck, and I'm going to hit you in the... Like, we have a conflict here about what this show is about. And it's, like, the absolute opposite conflict here where, like, we're the ones who are, like oh, this is a morally complex universe and you've created all these people who do really bad things and some of them, maybe they don't deserve to die and I'll be sad, but like they are. And the show's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. Like, like it's like the show is like itself is like being nicer and kinder and more like floppy hearted about what it's created than we Yeah, the it's almost fan servicey at that point. Like, Yeah, totally. But it's not even fan servicey because we're literally like, it's okay. I am expecting to be sad about someone's death. That is a fan service I would actually so, like and expect. And they're like, no, no, we're going to give you, we'll just be nicer than Well that. then, so that, is that um, the smart Game of Thrones move then? To not kill the people you wanted to kill because you because expected it? See, I don't, I don't no, think No, I'm it just is. kidding. It's no, very, but I know, yeah. right? Like, I, you know, when I you just, When you expect the unexpected, the most unexpected thing is to do the expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing, it's very, unfortunately for it, it's like more and more about what the end is, like what the meaning of what came before is and that's too much pressure i think more than any show since lost really i feel like this show is really banking on like the ending's gonna explain everything or all the things that seem unsatisfying will be resolved like one way or 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 just like i'm just like what is like the moral point of view of the show right and we will not know that until the end and like if it is a if it is like a shit complicated but still john needs to be the king then that is a great let down. Yeah, it's like if it's a if it's a simplistic moral ending, which is like after all of this, you can still end with like a decent man on the throne and like a thriving kingdom. Like if it's if it's a morally uncomplicated happy ending, it should like, not take us seventy three hours to get to that uh, no, conclusion. And, and also, you're like that's that seems like not what you were actually showing us this whole time. And so then everything that will come before will be pretty stupid. So in that way, it is like lost. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I think that brings us to the the close of our discussion about the Battle of Winterfell. But I think we need to choose, as we always do, the worst person in Winterfell. You're the 
the Seven Kingdoms. Plenty worse than me. Uh, Daniel, what do you like? You wrote about this last night, so yes, you stand by your decision. I did. I, well, we ended up on the Night King, and I think it's it's a pretty strong contender for this spot because he. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... He's a bad dude. He killed a bajillion people. <laughs> yeah, well, and also he just destroyed the army that has to go fight Cersei. So, yeah. like, now there's so much less of a chance for them to win, I feel like. And that's a big bummer. But, I don't know. I could definitely be swayed. I mean, to me, the worst person in Westeros is, like, obviously Bran. <laughs> well, just, like, what a useless... See, but I also think if we're going to go with useless, then we got to consider Sam. Because Sam Sam's watched... like, Sam's trying. Sam also doesn't know. Like, Sam's not an all-seeing genius. Like, what can Sam do to actually help the cause? Very, very I little. Mean, yeah, he's, and he he's tried a lover, his, not a fighter. He tried yeah. his very best. Bram theoretically can do a lot, and he did nothing. It's not even that he did nothing. It's that he, like, warged out for, like, he was like, I'm going to go see a movie. Like, I'll just be up in the clouds. And then he's like, oh, now I'm back. It's like not just Bran. It's like the whole apparatus around Bran. Like just ex- like give me some excuse for what Bran is doing. Like explain that Bran is important in some ways. I mean, Sam mentioned on Slack earlier that I, he thinks that the prequel series that HBO is working on is actually all about the Night King's backstory. So that may also explain why we don't have to know everything about the Night King's backstory. But it's just like all these like lacuna in the explanation just make Bran, you're like... I don't know what his relationship to the Night King is. I still really don't understand, like, why, what why Bran he... is. Like, like, he's a memory of the... Like, what? And then he's just <laughs> sitting there. It's just very useless. Well, and I, I was also wondering, like, okay, so he warged out into those crows. Is he now, like, also warged into something else? Is he observing, like, what Cersei's doing? Is he doing recon some other way? Like, I mean, tr- are we going to find that yeah, out in also, the next like, episode? bro, warg into the ice dragon. Yes! Like, just do some, Just try. Like, try to be warging into the ice dragon and continuously failing. I, that's fine. You can sit there, and then you can make that scene with the dragon even more, like, physically incomprehensible, but at least you'd be doing something. Bran's the worst person, but, like, he really had a real assist from the writing staff. Yeah. What do you think sam i hate to make the predictable choice because they did this the last time i hosted this podcast but i, I feel like it's got to be john snow again um he's the leader he's the great warrior he's got his amazing sword and he just like didn't do jack shit you know he sort of flew around on a dragon he like i think you wrote about this daniel he was sort of like was running towards the night king through a field of dead bodies knowing that he's going after someone who can reanimate dead bodies i mean he just if john had not been in the battle the outcome would have been no different well it was wild to me that there were no consequences to john like running at the <laughs> yeah. and then the white walkers were all surrounded him and they he did still seem like they didn't want to kill people for a second like they were just like alive right or like, yeah yeah we're gonna send them to the castle and just like and like blow john off you but know, i mean it is like this is again like is the show smarter is the show stupid you can give it a lot of credit this idea that like actually what does it mean to be like the leader it actually means you have to delegate a huge amount of responsibility including death to all of your minions and stand up on a hill with your dragon watching them die right and like but you should You're at not, least be like giving orders and like affecting they, like, the course that, of the battle. But you, they, they don't have telephones. Like, yeah. you know, just like that. They're just like, they're supposed to just like, that's what it means. I mean, that's, and that's like an interesting thing about like, there's that beat where Sansa, where Tyrion's like, I want to go fight. And she's like, truly, we can't do anything. And it is a, like, that's a really complicated moment, right? Like, when she goes into the crypt, you're like, this is a loser thing to do. You're a loser. Like, you have abdicated your queenly authority. But then you're like, also, though, you're this. You're right. Like, you would be dead if you were up there. And so would all of these people. And, like, at that moment when she says it to Tyrion, like, it's right when the trench is going up, right? Right. So there's Mm -hmm. this pause. You're like, maybe if you were up there, it'd be fine. 
But she's like she proves herself to be totally correct as it plays out. But it's like that tension, like that's the John tension. It's like there's nothing anyone can do except for Arya, apparently, right. <laughs> and like this whole. So like, do you just have to know like what your capabilities are? All you can do is try to like. I don't know. I think John's just like he's useless, but the whole point is they're all useless. Yeah, I'm just sort of like tired of looking at his stupid face. Oh, I mean, really. the idea that like he or Danny is like we're supposed to be like you should definitely rule us all is like the lamest, and if that's really where the show's going. That's lame, and they keep proving it's lamest because like any one man is too lame. And also, he just he really seems to not want the job. He doesn't want it at all. Oh, but he's never wanted it, and that's when they're like, that's why he should have it, right? So, yeah, I guess, like, his uselessness is not as useless as Bran's, so I could definitely land on Bran more than John personally. Also, Bran knows more. Bran is, like, the one who has, like, the highest ceiling for what he should be able but to do. But I guess do. if he knows more, like, does he know, like, more than everyone? And so he knows that this is the inevitability of what has to happen in order to destroy the Night King. He could just say that, then. Is this, is this like, yeah, is this, like, the Doctor Strange thing? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, we have to lose in order to win, and I can't tell you why, you know, and, yeah, yeah or something. I do also just think about, like, the... The show is such a weird position about ambition because it's actually like just played into all of our presidential politics, right? Where it's like it only has ambitious women at this point, right? Like all of the men on the show are like not ambitious anymore. John doesn't want it. Sam like is whatever. Jamie's like missing a hand. Like every like even Euron is like on Cersei's team. So it's like all the ambition has been vested in the women, which is like theoretically feminist. But then, of course, like. That means all of the women with ambition keep, like, Lyanna of Mormont, like, these little girls, like, keep just, like, dying. And you keep having, like, weird, malevolent feelings about the ones that do have ambition. Like, Danny, they're giving her this super weird edit. And it's like, is that feminist? <laughs> like, I just, I just like, where you're like, if this all ends with, like, John winning because he doesn't want it, it is just like, oh, like, Elizabeth Warren and Christian Gillibrand, like, seem like they want to be president. And that means they can't be. And Joe Biden doesn't seem like, like, he seems like such a nice guy. Whatever, like, it's just all the same bullshit. And I just, does the show know it's the same bullshit? Right, I mean, the only person who's qualified is, you know, the person who doesn't really want it is, like, literally how we got Trump. So, <laughs> you know, it's just. Also, as with Trump, John is not qualified. Yes. No yes. one's qualified. No, sure. Shut it down. Turn it into democracy. Let's I mean, get rid of the Iron it's Throne. It's definitely not going to be a. De- I mean, the a democracy joke is like even worse. I what they should do is like have a democracy and like elect Cersei. Like that's the like <gasps> that would ending. be right. The best. I mean, I just, I just, I mean, I have no idea. And and hopefully, I mean, you know, the closer they get to the ending, when you know, one assumes that the the closer they're sort of hewing to George R. R. Martin's template. Um, so hopefully there will be some sort of, I can't imagine a satisfying ending to it yeah. at this point. Like There's I, no ending I can think of that's good. I think this will be next episode and I hope it will be next episode. But this idea that there is a real distinction between like a good wartime leader and a good peacetime leader. And like Danny is this good wartime leader, but a garbage peacetime leader. I think there's a lot of candidates that are like decent, that would be theoretically peace, good peacetime leaders that aren't just John. Like Sansa, basically. Oh, I'm I'm pulling for Sansa, but that's because I signed up for her in the uh, office pool. Oh, I'm pulling for Sansa just because like I like her the best. <laughs> no, she she is the best. She really is. Yeah, she deserves it all. She's the she's the only person who has like brought up the the. I think the best evidence for Sansa so far is that she the only one who has thought about like we have all these trips. We, we should have food. For them, yeah. and s- somehow, but like, right? Does the show know that's a good point, or they're like, yes. that's just a setup for Danny to be like dragons eat whatever they want? <laughs> well, I think. See, I think honestly, I you could definitely make the argument that she has been set up to be the end game all along because she's the one who's had to play the game so well, even from the beginning, from like the first season when she like. I don't know, uh, denies the whole Arya Joffrey thing and sides with Joffrey. Like she, she knows 
how to play the game from the beginning. And so I just no, feel... No, the whole point of the show is that you have to fucking learn things. Like, that is, like, what it should be. It's like, you have to right, change no, I, and you have to learn. I so, think like, that's Santa what happened to She right. has, right. right. And, like, she's known that she's had to, like, learn and change. Like, that's how she knew how to play the game the whole yeah. time. And she knew, like, oh, I have to, like, actually pay attention to what's yeah. going on. I actually, I'm in down for the redemption of, like, Tyrion's idiocy to be, like, he, like strategically him and Sansa are like like I'm into Sansa like joining like the old men's club of like Davos, Tyrion and Varys as like some sort of strategic group like which is almost I mean she deserves better than that but it's sort of like suggested that there was like some some meeting of the like strategic minds anyway yeah all right I think that wraps up our discussion of the Battle of Winterfell and who the worst people or person in it was um, thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And thank you, Willa. Thank you. And thank you, Slate Plus member, for listening to this podcast. Um, our producer has been Chow Tu. Stay tuned for three more episodes um, coming in the following weeks. And in the immortal words of Bran Stark, I have to go now. <laughs> 